The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and welcome to uh, yet another show. And uh, I'm really excited today to to be talking with you and to be um, sharing with you um, my guest, Patricia Fripp. We're going to talk about powerful sales presentations. If you have any messages or anything like that, um, please uh, send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk and uh, we'd love to uh, respond. Now, I want to say um, a big thank you first to my guest last week, to international diversity expert Lenora Billings-Harris. Wonderful to to have Lenora on the show and learn all about diversity. I really recommend that you check out that show. I'm so excited, as I mentioned, about today's show, about powerful sales presentations with Patricia Fripp. And my history with Patricia is quite short, um, but I think quite interesting because six months ago I was helping a client to develop their keynote speech. And while they were telling their stories, and they're quite a, you know, potentially a very impactful individual on the stage, he was moving around a lot. And my conversation went something like this. I said, you know, as a speaker, you could be so much more impactful if you just maybe stand still and share your stories powerfully. And to get the message across, because he was quite sort of a little bit doubting in that and saying, well, I think I'd probably prefer to do it my way, I said, let's look at, at somebody who I think is probably the best in the world at doing this. And I said, tell you what, let's Google Patricia Fripp. She really knows how to deliver a great story. And at that point, I mentioned I'd never met Patricia, and we watched these two YouTube videos, and my client said, Chris, I, I get it. Thank you. I really get it. And I said, don't thank me. Thank Patricia. So fast forward a few months and I'm at the mega convention for the Professional Speaking Association in London and the room is absolutely buzzing with excitement because Patricia Fripp is hosting a workshop on the Friday, she's keynoting on the Saturday and I was speaking on the Sunday morning and I was absolutely riveted, it was a roasting hot room, um, but I was riveted by her her speech and the way she um, eloquently shared it and I went and changed my introduction to my speech um, having listened to that, and I had the most restless night, thinking, "Gosh, having seen Patricia, you know, how am I going to live up to um, something like uh, what Patricia just delivered on the Sunday morning?" But thank you to Patricia because my introduction went down a storm. So let's get on with the show today and introduce Patricia. Now we're going to learn today about what mistakes are made within sales presentations and how to avoid them to gain a real sales competitive edge. I also want to find out more about Patricia today because she's got a remarkable story. Patricia Fripp, CSP, CPAE, is an award-winning keynote speaker. She's a sales presentation skills authority and executive speech coach. Meeting and Conventions magazine named her one of the 10 most electrifying speakers in North America. And Kiplinger's personal finance wrote, 
Investing in Fripp's presentation skills training is one of the best investments in you. She was the first female president of the National Speakers Association, and today Patricia is now virtually everywhere with Fripp VT, her highly interactive, learn-at-your-own-pace, state-of-the-art, virtual training in powerful, persuasive presentations. She was born in the UK, she now lives in San Francisco, and her brother Robert Fripp is an internationally acclaimed guitarist. So as an enthusiastic guitar player myself, I'm doubly excited about this interview. A big welcome to my new best friend Fripp, as she so kindly suggested I introduce her. Uh, welcome, Patricia. Very nice to be with you. I appreciate the invitation and sharing some of the fripnetizing advice with your listeners. Fantastic. So I'm uh, looking forward to hearing this um, advice. I'm sure my clients are as well. Um, and Patricia, you were born in the UK and just really interested to understand when and why you went to the United States. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I was young, naive. I knew about America really from movies because at that point you met, met very few people who'd actually been to America. So I came at 20, no job, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, had $500. I knew everyone in America was rich and the streets were paved with movie stars. And I have not been disappointed. That does not mean I'm not proud of being British and enjoy coming home frequently. By home, I mean England. So you literally just... Did you? Did, I mean, you just jumped on a boat. Did you? Did you plan this? For yeah, a, I got on a, a boat, which was more common in those days. If in in fact, I recently had my anniversary, and it was one of those memorable mornings. If you can imagine waking up, looking out the porthole of your cabin, looking at the Statue of Liberty. And it was just getting to be light and the sky was red and I was coming not only to a new country, but a new life. It was very profound. As I say, I have not been disappointed. When I asked my mother when I was more mature, it was really amazing. You and daddy let me come when I was 20. <laughs> and my father had said to her, tell her not to go. And my mother said, no, I won't do it. They knew I'd never come home. I didn't know that. But, you know, when you're young, Chris, you have no fear. It never occurs to you anything will ever go wrong, and consequently it never did. <laughs> and so you, you, you went to New York initially, and uh, you, you ended up... Well, I got, off New, I, I got off the boat. I took advice from people who had been before me. And, and they said, so get a boat and then get... It was a Continental Trailways, which is a, a, I don't know if they're around now, but it was a bus service that was a little classier than Greyhound because they had, they had a hostess and food. And every day I would stop somewhere and so I would see more of America. And I wasn't really in a hurry. So I then came across country by, by bus and then got to San Francisco, checked in the YWCA, and I had written to four different individuals and one had replied, the person who ran the salon, because I was a hairdresser, at the Mark Hopkins Hotel. And I went to see him. He didn't promise me a job, but he said, come see me, which I did. And 
again to add to the myth and the legend of America, the hotel was owned by Gene Autry, who was the singing <laughs> cowboy that brother and I used to see his movies when we were kids. And his, bro his cousin was the hotel manager who was married to an actress in Los Angeles called Pamela Britton. And she was in what was then a very popular TV show called My Favorite Martian and with Bill Bixby and Roy Walton. And she was Mrs. Brown, the lady next door. And I did her hair and I loved hearing all the Hollywood stories. So you see, for me, America was just what I expected. Yeah. Movie stars. <laughs> yes, am amazing place. I remember the first time I went, um, going to see a show in in in, uh, in New York and just off Times Square, Cats, and uh, just coming out, and suddenly I found myself walking into a YouTube to video shoot and find myself on it, and it was just so mesmerizing and so exciting, and everywhere, as as in San Francisco that you go, you just uh, you know, it brings back th the thoughts of the movies, doesn't it? It really does. Um, so you were a hairstylist. Now, let me understand, how does a hairdresser, uh, and no disrespect at all to hairdressers uh, at all, but you, you transform from the hairdresser to becoming a Hall of Fame speaker. How do you go about doing that? When 60 Minutes came to the National Speakers Association convention in 2000, they asked me, and this got me on national television, you used to be a hairstylist, now you're a speaker. It's got to be a big difference. And I said, I used to work on the outside of people's heads, now I work on the inside. There's only <laughs> half an inch difference. <laughs> and that sound bite got me on 60 Minutes. The quick answer, though, Chris, is as a young woman, I learned to take advantage of opportunity. And... I always worked in superb, high-level salons, even in Bournemouth before I left home. We had clients who were rich, successful. And when I was 15 years old and I got to know these successful women, I used to say, what were you doing when you were my age? How did you make your money? Did you make it yourself or did you marry it? If you made it yourself, how did you do it? If you married it, where did you meet him? Good market research. And then in San Francisco, when I first got off the boat, I worked in a high-end hotel in the salon, met people from all over the country, all over the world. And then at age 23, I became one of San Francisco's number one men's hairstylist because I was in the first really posh salon. And I worked for a man called Jay Sebring, who was the hairstylist to all the movie stars. Wow. It got lots of national publicity. And my executive clientele, when they realized that I was traveling nationwide for a hair product company, would say, oh, come speak to my Rotary Clubs. Come speak to my Qantas Club. Can you speak at my staff meeting? So from those humble beginnings that weren't that humble because my clients were running you know, Levi Strauss, more business forms, AT&T, Dean Witter, offices in San Francisco. And that's how it started, taking advantage of opportunity. So tremendous. Opportunity right? does not knock once, Chris. It knocks all the time. We don't always recognize the sound. 
<laughs> so that's a perfect lead on then for me to ask you about your brother. We talk, you mentioned sound there because uh, Robert is a you know, famous guitarist from King Crimson. And uh, I wonder, are you also musical? Do you come from a musical background? I could not sing a note if my life depended on it. I mouth in church, and although I took piano lessons when I was young, I really have no talent in that area. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 you've um, you, Robert also has uh, you know enjoys speaking, doesn't he? And I, I know there's a, a wonderful closeness between you. And when I, you know, we we had a, a good chat before this interview a couple of weeks ago and you know it was really very clear how, how fond you are of each other and I wonder what what's it like being you know the sister of a famous rock star and I should probably also say if Robert was here what's what's it like for your brother being um, the brother of a famous speaker well let's put this in the context for many years and I mean many many years audiences or individuals I meet say are you any relation to Robert Fripp or, you know, there's a famous, and I finished the sentence from the guitarist Robert Fripp. Yes, that's my brother. So for many years, I have heard, are you actually Robert Fripp's sister? And three times in his career, people have said to him, not knowing who he is, are you actually Patricia Fripp's brother? <laughs> so it definitely goes that he isn't asked very often. When you think of a rock and roll musician, especially someone from from the 60s and 70s, you would not imagine my brother, who is a quiet, modest, articulate, thoughtful man who has many areas of interest of which he is an expert and can hold a conversation on whether it's history, because at college he took history, political history, and economics. And because he's so articulate, and because you can compare the principles in any one discipline of music to any other discipline, as in speaking, mm. And and we, we, in fact, are speaking at a conference together at the end of February called Lady and the Champ Speakers Conference, which is being streamed worldwide, though anyone can watch it in the privacy of their own home or office if they don't want to come to Las Vegas. Uh, when you are close, he's, I am one year, one month, two days, 12 and a half hours young, uh, older than my brother. And we were, we've always been soulmates. We really have a great connection, talk every day, or he's in a, another country at the moment, so I send iJots, video emails to him. And so we're in, we're in touch all the time. When you're growing up and when you're close to someone, they are the, your sibling before they're famous. So you love the personal person and you admire the professional person. And just as an aside, because King Crimson was out on the road uh, last year, Brother had a vision of what the latest lineup of King Crimson would be after years of litigation that saps the creative juices. And he was not a performing musician for four years. Yes. And then that was over. So he, he went out. And as this conversation is about sales, I often 
do their merchandising at rock shows. And as many of the fans know me, I am Fripp the sister. And the people want my autograph and selfies with me while I'm shamelessly selling the merchandise. (laughs) And you have never seen anyone who works a merchandising booth at a rock show as well as as I do. I can honestly say that because when we were in in Boston, some of the women from, from the venue there, they said to me, and remember, they see all types of shows they said, wow, you really put on a show. And that leads into certainly a sales conversational presentation is a presentation. Wonderful. That's a a fantastic way to leave the first segment. And after the segment um, break, commercial break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about about sales presentations now. So uh, do uh, stay on the line and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again in just a couple of minutes. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money. Featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. 
Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, um, welcome back. And I'm with Patricia Fripp. We're talking about powerful sales presentations now. And uh, Patricia, I wonder, you were talking a little bit before the break about, uh, you know, this, these amazing um, sales approach that you have at Robert Fripp's uh, concerts when you're selling merchandise. And, you know, I wonder maybe how do you define a sales presentation? A sales presentation is a conversation or more formal presentation that drives towards the conclusion of doing business with your prospect. And presumably that can be, you know, it can be on the phone, it can be face-to-face, it uh, can be over, you know, maybe even an email and those sorts of things, can it? I would say... Email, you're not going to negotiate. You're going to give information. Certainly, more conversations are going to be virtual. And we find my little team and I help people with their virtual presentations because it's still the structure and the words and the stories and connecting to the audience. If you were to say what is your area of expertise in sales, I tell my clients I am not going to tell you how to get in front of your prospect, especially if it's a very complex sales sale. What I can do is absolutely 100% guarantee, take it to the bank, I never lied to you before, your presentation will be more professional, personable, and persuasive than your competition. That is assuming you follow my advice. Uh, and that is, I mean, it's worth so much, isn't it? Because, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier in the interview about, you know, you get lots of opportunities in life. Uh, and, uh, but sometimes, you know, those, uh, those critical moments when you're engaging in, in a conversation and maybe you've, you're in front of somebody who you, know, you really do want to work with, uh, they're really important moments, aren't they? Yes, and if I may pick up on that idea, uh, Chris, of opportunity. I was working with a company, and it takes them a year to be in a position to have an hour presentation that three people would be part of, and if they get the business, that is worth $20 million. And then they just hold that idea. Mm. And I was there to actually present presentation skills for the people who after they've made the sale they go in and train the companies on how to take advantage of their relationship and the sales team heard about this so they said hey can we come into this presentation skills training so I added that and at the second day introduction the national sales manager said the sales teams decided that we have absolutely no idea how we sold anything without having heard Patricia's presentation. And, and I asked them as part of that, you, you spend a year to deliver this formal presentation. That doesn't mean that it's stuffy, but it, how, if I may ask, how long do you spend rehearsing 
to deliver it. And I expected them to say, Patricia, we mark off three days in the conference room. We bring in target tough audiences to throw tough questions and we drill and drill and drill and take feedback before we go out. What they actually said was, well, if we're lucky, we'll run through the outline in the back of Mary's car before we walk into the office. Now, $20 million, it takes you a year to get there. The biggest mistake you take or the biggest mistake people make is getting to the presentation and not taking advantage of it, not taking seriously, thinking we know our product, we're experienced, we've got a good track record, we can just stand up and do it. If if everything else is equal, if you're going up against competition that has equal experience, credentials, references, the price is close to the same, the presentation makes the difference. Well, I mean, that that's that, it's incredible because you think about it, if, or if they thought about it, somebody who's going to spend $20 million with a client, you would, you would expect them to want to buy professionally, wouldn't you? Uh, and to you know, want to be able to see um, you know, people who can, a range of people who can deliver the solution. And some of those people are having myself, uh, when I worked for Mars, I used to be responsible in the, in the UK for, um, for uh, setting up um, big, big sales pitches around the areas of marketing. And so I saw many, many companies come in and you know, one or two you would get, as you described there, um, but others would put so much time and preparation in and it really made a difference. Yeah, of course. And once you have your presentation, you have to be flexible. For example, and this, this is an example from one of my coaching clients. And in his book, Charlie Green was talking about four advertising companies were brought in to deliver a presentation so they're advertising companies about and of course they got ready for their presentation for a client and they were going in as the underdog because they were out of town and they knew really the company wanted a local ad company not that it really matters these days and they were the fourth to present and what they did because they didn't know till they will get there in what order they would be presenting. They walked up and they said, thank you for the opportunity. We know you've heard three of our very great competitors and we are prepared to do the dance of the thousand slides. Hmm. Or if you would prepare, prefer why don't you pretend you already hired us and let's spend the next hour brainstorming on your campaign. And at the end of the hour, if you hire us, we've already started on your project. If you choose to go with one of our competitors, you've still started the creative process, which will shorten the time and your investment. Guess who got the business? The one who had prepared and then gave the prospect the choice because they knew that probably they've seen 
three other great presentations and theirs would be the same because advertising companies usually put great presentations because they've got so many wonderful ads to show. Yes. They chose to take the risk because they were the underdog. The chances of getting it were unlikely. That, that doesn't mean their presentation might have blown them away as the last one, but they took the bold move and did something different. They got the business. So you, so you, you shared there, you know, you know the the idea and the thought that you know some people don't prepare for presentations as they, as they should, and also you know there was a good point there about uh, you know not doing not doing the same as your competitors, doing something different. And I guess in that situation, they gave the customer real value. What, um, from your, in your opinion, and I know you train lots of sales teams in presentations and executives, what are the most common mistakes that many sales professionals make? Uh, well, one we've covered is they think they can wing it because they're experienced. Another is they focus too much on themselves and their company. If you look at an average framework, good morning, uh, my name is Patricia Fripp and I'm from the Fripp company and uh, we've been in business for, for 16 years and we have this unique widget that makes us the leader in our industry and this was designed and invented by and the companies we do business with are bullet, bullet, bullet and we'd love to do business with you. Nobody gives a damn. So what I suggest people do is turn the presentation around and always start talking about the prospect. Now, this means you do have to give, you, you have to do some research. And as I define the presentation that I actually usually work with my clients is, if you are talking to a senior level group, this is not your discovery call. So in a sales process, and I'm making generalizations, but you find if there's an interest and you talk to someone to get background on what they, what they want, what they need, where their opportunities are. And if you, if you do quite well in your conversations and presentations, you will be lucky enough to be one of the two, three or four that will be presenting to senior management. This is the one that you have to heavy duty rehearse and then be flexible. So I suggest you follow a certain format. And, and uh, okay, so in terms of that format, what is the, the format that you suggest people follow? Good. It's don't do what everybody else is in, which is introduce yourself when they know who you are. You're on the agenda and probably if you've got a slideshow, your name's on it. Mm. Anyway, so first of all, start by saying congratulations. You will never go wrong, Chris, in giving a sincere compliment to an individual or representatives of a company. What are they proud of? And it could be as simple as, congratulations, every single person who interacted with me while I walked to this meeting smiled, said good morning, engaged me, asked if I needed help. Obviously, your core values are in place. Or... Congratulations, your latest advertising campaign is superb. Oh, congratulations, your stock price is up 3% when most of your com close competitors uh, are down. You obviously know how to make wise decisions. So say something nice. So thank you for the opportunity. You, uh, 
you say something about them, congratulations, and thank you for the opportunity to discuss how the Patricia Fripp training could well be what you are looking for. Now, you do not thank them for their time. Everybody thanks them for the time. You thank them for the opportunity to discuss how your option could be of help solving their problem in whatever is the appropriate, the appropriate words. Thank you for the opportunity. And then you might at that point introduce yourself and say, if we've not had the pleasure of meeting, I'm Patricia Fripp, and in my role as your, now this is subtle, Chris, mm -hmm. you want to belong to them. So you might say, in my role as your presentation skills coach, in my role as your client advocate or senior sales manager, whatever your role would be for them, it is my responsibility to then make a hero of whoever is your champion or the person who set up the meeting. Now you want to say, uh, thank you, Chris, for your information and time. And Chris says, your major areas of concern, your biggest interest is, your area of, convert, uh, of opportunity is. So whatever the right words, you then transition into the body of your speech, which is built around their challenges, their opportunities, or what's of interest to them. Mm -hmm. And during, so you're reorganizing your speech sales presentation structure around their interests and you you give examples through your client history of how you would solve their problem as i like to ask my clients if this management team is ready to go to the next level of the the relationship such as well let's do a trial let's have a demo let's bring you into research what we're doing does it matter if they don't know how long you've been in business not really what you do is structure what you want them to say and your social proof within your examples during the presentation that focuses on them and then you might say so this presentation is structured around the three areas of interest and certainly we can add anything to the list or be flexible. Feel free to ask any questions at any time. And you go through and you if, if it's a complex sale or company, at the end of each chunk of content, each talking point, you might say, do you have any specific questions about what you've heard so far or about this area? Because management teams are going to interject whenever they want to, give them permission. And then when you've gone through your talking points you that you focused on their needs, you might say, at this point, what are your specific questions? 
and answer, and then you might say, our next logical step would be, or what would you like our next logical step to be? Mm. So that's in, in, interesting there. That, um, so, so what you're doing is you're giving the, then the opportunity for the control? Well, appear to control. Yes. <laughs> you know, you have to be structured. But again, like the example of the advertising company, we have to be structured and know our content so well that we can relax and be flexible based on what they want us to do, yeah. including, oh, we're sick of PowerPoint, sit down and talk to us. Yeah. It's still the structure, it's still the powerful words, it's still the examples, even if you don't show the PowerPoint. Absolutely. Well, we're going to we're going to go to um, our last commercial break, and after the break, we'll continue a little bit more about the process. And uh, I'd like to ask Patricia things like uh, you know some really powerful, amazing questions that she uses in the sales um, pitch and presentation process. So we'll be back with you again in just another couple of minutes. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. You were tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. 
now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, chriscooper.co.uk. I'm with um, Patricia Fripp, and we're talking about sales presentations. And before the break, Patricia, you were talking about the uh, sort of different steps in the process. And you mentioned in there um, about uh, client stories and to... uh, uh, you mentioned about bringing in your best client stories. Um, how should you tell them? Um, G- good. Client stories are great social proof. You want to match the example that you're giving very much as close as possible to their challenges or opportunities or interests. And when you do this masterfully, it as is as if you are taking your happy, satisfied clients on the sales call with you. And how you do that is as we as keynote speakers would tell our stories. Certainly, companies do business with companies. However, really, we do business with individuals within a company. So I would say if you were talking to about your most satisfied clients and and I would say to an individual like us, sole practitioners or speakers, small businesses, consultants, as well as major corporations, there are always times for us to give references. If somebody said, who could I talk to about your, you know, who have you done this for before or who have you helped? You're always going to come up with your same favorite clients and they are probably on your website or in your marketing materials. And that's where you would start. And we need to take what might be a long process and turn it into a short story. And, And you want characters with their backstory, which is their title, how long they've been in the business, and use in the situation, which is the start of the story when they had the challenge, and the success, which is what happened when you can finish doing or completed doing work with them, or that segment of it, that needs to be delivered in the actual dialogue of the client. So, for example... If someone said, well, who else have you done this for? You might say, well, I remember picking up the phone talking to Darren LaCroix. He said, Patricia, help. We are a small technology company in Silicon Valley. We only hire experienced sales professionals. We naturally assumed that they could tell our company story until we had them present to the management team. We were horrified, so I charged to scour the globe and find the best sales presentation skills company. I'm lucky you're only 38 miles from headquarters. Now, actually, that really happened, and it was a large software company. So can you see, I am putting the actual help that that client had that this client has. So they can think, wow, that's exactly what we need. Now notice, and and this was actually a woman called Shelley, and she did say this, 
this is subtle. The assumption is they did the research for the best sales presentation skills company on the planet and they came up with you. I'm not saying it. It's in her words. So then the solution, which is what we or the company does for the client, then, so this is the process that we went through, which we would do with you. And then at the end, put the happy ever after that this prospect wants in the words of your client. So just last week I spoke to Shelley, or in this mythical example, Darren, and he said, Patricia, I would not have believed it possible that. So it's the situation solution success formula. We need to understand who the person is with the company and what words they would state, which is the challenge and then the success at the end. So that's the best way to take your satisfied clients with you and every sales professional should have a repertoire of stories that match their prospects. That makes a, makes a huge amount of sense and what, what you're doing you know, through this process is you're, I've, I've heard people you know, talk in terms of sales and uh, around a kind of a staircase of agreement but what you're, you've done from the outset in terms of you know, congratulations and uh, this careful tailoring and specific use of language is you're you're creating almost like a staircase of great feeling towards you yes with some subtle connections as in as your sales presentation skills trainer as your senior executive um, yeah and there's some you, subtle psychology in there there certainly is new, and, and i've noticed i mean from seeing you speak you're an absolute master at this so the specifics of this subtle language I mean how, how do you how do you learn to do that <laughs> uh, probably nearly 40 years focused on one subject and and multifaceted believe me I didn't know a lot of this when I started when you study lots of different aspects that go into presentation so principles from comedy I teach in sales and that is don't step on your punch word what is most important comes at the end and then you look at copywriting and certainly with specifics. The world are sloppy speakers. Uh, Chris, it totally appalls me. And if we have sales managers listening, if one of your sales professionals came back from a trade show and said, boss, oh, we got tons of leads. How can you manage a ton of leads? You couldn't get out of the convention hall if you have a ton of business cards. No, be specific. 328 people came to the booth. 150 were our ongoing clients. However, 23 of them have booked demos of our new software. Of those that we identified as first level targets, there were 83 of which we've already had conversations and set up uh, visits or Skype meetings with 26 the internal sales team are following up. That's something you can manage because it's specific. Mm. And and so often you hear people say, there are three things you'll like about our product. No, there are three what? Three advantages. Three strategies. Three formulas. 
what do you actually mean by things? And if there were nothing else that you take about improving what it is you say, one, it would be how often do you use you rather than I? And how often do you use non-specific language like things, lots, gobs, tons, bunches and tighten that up and your presentation will be more powerful and persuasive and memorable makes a huge huge amount of sense um so other in these um, sales present in the sales presentation process um other times when you would you know ask questions or is it all information given if, if so what kinds of questions might you ask during the process the key to connection is conversation the secret of conversation is to ask questions. And the quality of the information you receive depends on the quality of your questions. And in this case, in the examples that we're giving, when you are actually there standing up in front of a decision-making team, most of your good questions need to be in advance. And then... The, the questions would be, does this make sense? Would you like another example? Can you see how this would fit with you? In your experience, does this make sense? Mm. So what else would you like to know? Is there any area I haven't clarify well enough you never say that you don't understand you take it on you is there an area i wasn't clear enough so, so how not bad to say does this make logic does this make sense does this sound as if it would work with you hmm. and is, is that um you know a technique that you might use for example in, in the process to to start to close down the sales presentation towards a a, a, a solution uh, yes. if you're going to close the presentation you're, you're going to obviously do a review and if you have given client examples bring them back so if if you need to shrink um, the sales cycle as Bernard had to if you want to maximize uh, your budget as Mary did so you see you're tying your key ideas around the examples that you used so they can help see them because they got emotionally involved in the stories. Mm. And then you might say is, again, thank, and you might take the strength with you on behalf of the 300 associates at this company, on behalf of our leadership team, thank you for the opportunity to present how we could well be your best option. And then uh, hopefully you've agreed on what your next logic, logical step is. So uh, based on your request, our next logical step will be to meet with Fred and his team and do the analysis. And then you want to close and your last words linger. And it's not going to be thank you for the opportunity. You're going to say thank you for the opportunity. And always look at how you opened. So if you said congratulations for something or other for making a wise decision, then you might somehow tie it back to your company has been this successful because of your wise decisions. 
we would we look forward to being another of your wise decisions and remember 156 profitable quarters or remember 99% of the Fortune 500 new business with us. What is your last words, Lingo? And of course, Chris, if anybody would like any help remembering what they've already forgotten or really see how this works, may I suggest they take advantage of a free trial at FRIPVT.com, which stands for FRIP Virtual Training. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because it, 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 I know you put a huge amount of work in terms of creating for it. Uh, yes. Well, as you know, clients large and small do want ongoing, consistent help between sales meetings. So FRIP virtual training can help people with all presentations and a large focus on sales presentations at your own speed so it's highly interactive learn at your own pace state-of-the-art virtual presentation skills training that you interact with you don't watch it is video based but you interact with it with testing tracking and monitoring built in this is perfect as a standalone option or in combination with in-person training and clients do both but if you have a sales force in lots of different locations, this is very cost effective, very helpful. And, and of course, I always present it to a company and, and help them learn to navigate their way around. Although this is very easy. You can easen, even do it on your mobile devices, waiting to talk to your prospect, reminding you how to open. That's great. With today's technology, it's uh, those sorts of things are very easily accessible, aren't they? And a great way to keep uh, you know, keep reminding. And with salespeople, often they've got you know breaks between calls and things like that, so you, know, you can learn new skills and uh, advance them on the on your journey. Certainly. And Patricia, Frip, yes. Can we, can we, so I, was, I was just going to share out the uh, the details. Do you want to do that then, FripVT.com? Okay. Well, FripVT.com as Frip Virtual Training. Wonderful. Well, Patricia, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today and uh, getting the opportunity to, to hear your you know, fascinating and remarkable story um, about your life as well as um, you know, lots of great tips and ideas around sales presentations. And, and I, I love the, you know, that subtlety that you, that you use and that, uh, you know, that, that sort of psychology to you know, help people towards ultimately a good decision. And so it's been wonderful to talk with you and uh, I hope you've enjoyed being on today. Thank you. It's always great reconnecting with friends I made at PSA. Great conference. Absolutely. And if you want to, also you can check out not just FRIPVT.com, there's www.FRIP.com, um, which you can um, check. And for Patricia also has an email address of pfrip at FRIP.com if you want to get in touch with her. Any questions or feedback, please send them to me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Um, subscribe to the newsletter because I do um, share information on upcoming shows and my take on uh, 
on these great shows with a wonderful guest like Patricia. And next week, we have another friend, um, uh, the owner of Celtic Castles, the very successful entrepreneur, Roger Masterson, um, who will be joining me um, to uh, help us understand you know, some of his lessons in entrepreneurship. So we'll be back with you again next week. And once again, uh, thank you very much to Patricia Fripp. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 